OWC Radio number 37. Hi, this is OWC Radio number 37. I am Tim Robertson, and this is the official podcast from Otherworld Computing, found online at www.maxsales.com. And speaking of Otherworld Computing, I've got something really cool to share with you, but I'm going to save it. I've got uh, three things I'm going to talk about today. The first one is going to be uh, something I've got right here next to me. It's called the Magic Trackpad from Apple. That's right, I've got one. I'll talk about that in a second. Second thing is going to be 10 apps for your iPad. The cool thing is all these apps that I'm going to talk about total eight bucks. That's right, $8. A bunch of them are free. And it's apps that I use, if not every day, every other day, or uh, stuff that I really enjoy, and I think you will too. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is something from Otherworld Computing that you can do with your brand new iMac, the 2010 models that just came out, mid-2010 models. It's a turnkey solution. Nobody else is doing this. It's an incredible thing. Can't wait to share it with you. But first, before we get into all that, if you want to contact the show, I'd really appreciate it. You can send us email. It's podcast at MaxSales.com, really easy to remember, MaxSales.com, just put podcast at. If you want to visit the show's page, it's OWCRadio.com, and of course, MaxSales.com for everything in the Apple universe that you're going to want, RAM, hard drives, processor upgrades for the older machines, cases, you name it, OWC has it, it's www.MaxSales.com, and like I said, a turnkey solution for the iMac, the, the brand new ones. We'll get into that in the last segment. The first segment, though, it's got to be a brand new Magic Trackpad. First of all, um, I, I like trackpads. When I first got my uh, first generation MacBook Pro, I, I that's when I really started. I don't want to say loving them because it's too strong of a word, but I really got used to using a trackpad. Uh, like most of you up till now, I use a mouse for everything. But if you're on the road or on the go and you've got your laptop, well, you're going to use a trackpad. Apple started introducing these multi-touch gestures and stuff like that to the trackpad as time went on over the last, say, five years. It's got to the point now where if I'm on a laptop and I'm looking at, say, an internet page, and it's not a MacBook or a MacBook Pro, I find myself doing the two-finger swoosh, you know, to, to scroll down the page. But the problem is these PC notebooks don't do that. And uh, my wife does the same thing. It's kind of funny. She was using my, uh, my daughter's Dell. It's just a little netbook, like a nine-inch screen, just a tiny little thing. And my wife couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. And she was using the multi-touch gestures to, to navigate web pages. And I said, honey, that's, it's a PC. You can't do it. And she didn't like that. 
So Apple releases this Magic Trackpad, a uh, horrible name, just a horror. I don't know what the – what is this fascination with the name Magic, with the word Magic that Apple's been, you know, branding about lately? It's magical, and this is magic, and I don't know. It's their marketing. They can do what they want, but I don't know. Personally, me, meh. I, I could leave the whole – magical thing out maybe eye track pad that maybe that'll work better now last week steve sandy and i were talking about um where i kind of see that this product is going to fit in obviously right now it's a trackpad for when you can't use your trackpad or if you want to add a trackpad to a computer a mac of course that doesn't come with a trackpad say a mac mini an imac or a mac pro well i've got two situations that come up often that I wish I could use the trackpad and I can't. The first one is when I'm at home and I'm in front of my iMac, which I'm thinking about replacing, by the way, with one of the new ones, mostly because of what OWC announced this week. And again, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But um, I use a mouse and I use the uh, a corded Magic Mouse. really hate the name Magic Mouse. So I use that, but I don't like it at all. And I... I keep thinking about replacing the mouse, but quite honestly, unless I'm actually using it right then, I, I just forget. So when I ordered the trackpad, the Magic trackpad, that was kind of where I thought I would use it the most. I'm going to set it on my keyboard tray next to my keyboard and just kind of move the mouse around behind so I, I don't have access to it. But it's still plugged in, still there. It's just kind of in front of the keyboard, uh, out of sight, out of mind, if you will. And that I would just use the Magic trackpad there. And for that situation, it worked great. The first time I plugged it in, uh, I didn't have the Magic Trackpad um, system utility, the um, system preference. So I had to update my Mac. It downloaded the new software for the Magic Trackpad, and then I had to restart. Once I did that, I found Magic Trackpad right there in my system preferences. And Apple really, it's, it's awesome what they've done. They use video to show you how to use the Magic Trackpad or a trackpad on your... If, if you have, say, a current MacBook Pro or a, a MacBook under 10.6, if you go into trackpad in your system preferences, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. It literally shows you, you know, pinching and zooming and, and all the different things you can do, secondary clicks. It's pretty awesome. So that software was installed on the iMac, and I started using the trackpad really quickly. I didn't have Bluetooth turned on, so I had to do that. I turned on the Magic Trackpad, and I looked for Bluetooth devices on the Mac. It showed up in, uh, I'd say, probably 10 seconds, and I was using it. No problems at all. I mean, it was just, it was fabulous. I also synced it with my MacBook Pro, which is what I bring here to the studio when I'm recording the shows and I'm doing all my video editing. It's not the ideal machine for video editing. I really could use either uh, an i7 iMac or a Mac Pro, but right now I'm doing everything on the MacBook Pro. Don't, it's, not, it's not slow, but I waste a lot of time waiting for the machine to finish tasks, if you will. So at home on the iMac, it's kind of odd using a trackpad because... Up till now, the trackpads are just, you know, right in front of the keyboard. 
right in front of the screen on my MacBook Pro. So having it down there on the tray where I'm usually using a mouse felt a little odd for about five minutes. And then, of course, I got completely used to it and it feels natural. And I took it here into the studio as well because I wanted to see how it works with the MacBook Pro, the 15-inch MacBook Pro, that I already have a trackpad on. And like the iMac, it had to update some software for it to use, and it worked fine, just like the iMac did. Now, the trackpad is, you know, I'm holding it up here next to uh, the built-in trackpad on the MacBook Pro. It's significantly larger. I don't know a percentage. I'm going to say probably 40%, 50% larger than the trackpad that's on my MacBook Pro. But it feels exactly the same. I mean, the angle is correct. It works really well. It's got a battery that you have to put in. Now, when you first get it from Apple, the battery's already installed, and it's got a full charge on it, so that's good. So it, it is wireless. It connects via Bluetooth. And it feels like, honestly, it's, it feels very solid. Now, I know it's glass. Uh, at least that's what it is on the MacBook Pro. I'm assuming that this is glass, too. And it's got some so uh, a piece of plastic underneath it, kind of that white generic plastic that you find on the... Uh, the low-end MacBooks, that kind of plastic. The buttons on uh, the right-hand side, it's just a push button. And on the left-hand side is where the battery goes. So it works great, I, I have to say. I'm very pleased with it. Trackpads aren't ideal for some people. Some people just cannot stand them. They want to use a mouse. This isn't for you then. But if you like using your trackpad, and some people are asking, Tim, why are you using the Magic Trackpad on your MacBook Pro? You already have a trackpad. Well, here's the thing. I put a larger secondary monitor connected to my MacBook Pro for video editing and everything else. And then the built-in screen on the MacBook Pro is kind of my secondary monitor. That's where I put, oh, when I'm doing video editing, for instance, I'll put the full screen on that side so I can see the video much larger. Or I'll put, like in Photoshop, I'll put my menus and my toolbars over there on the right screen, which is the MacBook Pro. And the main screen in front of me will have my work area. So that's why I use two monitors on the MacBook Pro. But here's the problem. When I'm using it that way, the, the MacBook Pro is over to the right of where I'm sitting. So to use the trackpad on it, I literally have to reach up onto the desk and over to the right. And it's very uncomfortable. It's, it's not ideal it would take about five minutes to get completely sick of using the computer that way. It really would. So up until now, I've been using a mouse, an external keyboard and a mouse. And it's on a tray, and it slides out underneath the big monitor, which is to the left of the MacBook Pro. However, with the Magic Trackpad, I simply put it where the mouse usually goes and start using it right there. And it works fabulous. It really does. Now, it's, I think it's a little expensive. I would prefer to see this at more $49.99. But for what it does, if you're if you're a big trackpad user, you really like the, you know, the pinch and close and open and zoom and and um, rotate and scrolling websites with your two fingers. You're gonna really like the Magic Trackpad. So it's definitely worth checking out. Go to an Apple Store and play with it if you can. But if you really like trackpads, it's it's a no-brainer. You're gonna like it. So that's the tra the Magic Trackpad from Apple. Uh, I bought it the day it was announced, and I got it this week. So it took Apple about a week and a half to, to ship this to me. 
You know, it was funny. Also arrived exactly the same day was my free bumper for my iPhone. And I'm a little depressed because I was hoping that it wasn't going to add so much bulk that I still could use my window mount, but that wasn't the case. So I don't know. I need a case that doesn't cover the corners. That's what I really need. And I don't think there is one like that yet. But it, to me, it's more important that I can mount my iPhone in my newer technology window mount than it is to have this little plastic thing around it. And to be honest, I, I never had the dropping signals problem that you're holding it wrong and the signal goes away. Never had that problem. Now, I've talked about on the show last week and a couple weeks in a row now, my biggest problem is the proximity sensor. Now, my understanding is um, iOS 4.1, which I guess is been released to developers at this point, but it hasn't been released to the general population, addresses that issue. And I have to be completely honest here. When 4.1 comes out, if it does not address that problem, the proximity sensor, because I'm really getting sick of muting myself when I'm talking to someone or accidentally hanging them up, hanging up on them when I'm holding the phone next to my cheek. Um, if it doesn't address that problem, if it doesn't completely cure it, I'm taking the iPhone 4 back. I am. I I'm so frustrated and angry with this proximity sensor. I'm really angry that it's taken this long to come up with a fix for it when they rushed a fix out for the the non-existent antenna gate issue. And that was simply for PR. You know what? I use my phone every day. Uh, when I give out my phone number, I don't give out my home phone number. I give out my iPhone number, my cell phone number. That's where I prefer to talk to people. And over and over and over, I'm talking to someone and they start saying, hello, Tim, hello, can you hear me? Oh, sure enough. Yep, I've muted them. Great. I'm just sick of it. I was talking to my father yesterday. He's a diehard Detroit Lions fan. And he calls me probably once a week to talk about the Lions, even more during training camp right now in the preseason. And he wants to talk for 10 minutes at a time on the latest things he's heard. He doesn't have internet access. My parents are very technophobes. So they don't have internet access at all. They don't have any device in the house that can access the internet. So he's constantly calling me saying, hey, what's going on with the Lions? Did they, did they sign Indama or, you know, how's the, the new running back doing? So I'll give him all the updates that I've read online the night before. And the last time he called yesterday, I must, it, it, the stupid proximity sensor went out and my cheek is hitting, it must have hit the button that says keypad because the keypad turned on. So I'm talking to him, and all of a sudden I'm hearing beep, beep, and it's me. I'm pushing the buttons on the iPhone with my cheek. And uh, he was getting a little upset, and I, and I don't blame him, and I was too. Now, a couple of shows ago, someone said, once you make the call, you could turn off the screen by pushing the top button. Actually, no. If you do that, it hangs up the phone. It doesn't just turn off the, the screen. It hangs up the phone if you do that. So I said that. I think that's... Back in, uh, yeah, number 35, and I think that was it. Yeah, Jeff was talking about um, first generation, and here's what I did. You could turn the screen off after you make or receive a call by pushing the button on top of the phone. It, you can't do that, Jeff. It, uh, it will hang up on them on the new iPhones. I don't know what the story was with the first generation iPhone, I've got one, but it's it's inactive right now. It doesn't have a card in it. 
But with the iPhone 4, if you turn off the screen while you're on a phone call, it hangs up the call. It's kind of a bummer, too, because I like that solution. But there you go. So Apple had better do something really quick with this proximity sensor. And I'm, I really do hope that iOS 4.1 update, which I'm assuming is going to come out any time now, now that the developers have had it for a couple days at least, I'm assuming that within the next week or so, we're going to get uh, 4.1. And like I said, if it doesn't address the issue, it's going back. It's going back and I'll just, uh, well, here's the problem though. My wife is using my iPhone 3GS and there's no way, no way she's going to start going back to the original iPhone. So, hmm, maybe I'll just make them switch me out with a new iPhone 4 and see if the uh, problem is cured on that one. But it's got to be taken care of one way or another. So the next segment here I want to talk about is 10 apps for my iPad. Um, these aren't full-on reviews, by the way. This is just – what I did is I, I, I scrolled through all the screens on my iPad. I thought I'm going to pick out five apps that I think people should have. And when I was done, I had seven. So I thought, eh, I don't want to do just seven. I, I'll make it ten. So I went back through and I found three more that I really like. Now, these are apps. Um, and again, this isn't a review. These are apps that if I replaced my iPad tomorrow, say this iPad completely died on me, the screen broke, got water damage, whatever, I went out and I bought a brand new iPad. And uh, what apps – would I definitely have to have on this phone? Which which of those ten apps that I think that I think you know these are the ones that I'm using the most? These are the ones that I definitely want on my iPad. So here we go. And also, I, these are not ranked. I'm not starting with my least favorite, working my way up to the favorite or anything like that. It's completely random order. So the first one is uh, called Warship HD. Now. There is an iPhone version of this as well, I think. Um, and there's also a light version. So you can try this game absolutely free and uh, find out if you like it before you buy it. But this is $1.99 right now. It's a sale price. I don't know what the regular price is, but right now it's on sale for a buck ninety-nine. I think I paid more than a buck ninety-nine for it. I think I paid, I want to say two or three ninety-nine, one of the two. It doesn't matter. It's an awesome game. I really, really enjoy it. I dig it a lot. Basically, you're in a big warship, uh, and we're talking about the old type of warships, you know, with cannons. Uh, think Pirates of the Caribbean, those types of ships. And you start out with kind of this little tiny boat, uh, one little cannon, something like that. It's just a little tiny thing. And you have to work your way through, you know, I forget how many levels there are. It's like 10 levels, um, and it's different parts of the sea. Now, you could jump to any level you want at any time you want. But, of course, if you're in a really crappy boat, <laughs> you're going to get tore up pretty quick. Steering, very simple. You just kind of rotate your your iPad. You can only go left or right. Uh, to shoot, you just tap anywhere on the screen and it shoots at the nearest ship, which is fine most of the time. But there's an occasion that you might be surrounded and you actually want to shoot, say, the, the ship off starboard rather than port. And uh, it doesn't. It shoots the opposite direction. So that's kind of a problem. But... You kind of start learning the quirks of the game. It always tends to shoot at the nearest ship. Uh, as the game progresses, you you get treasure. When you destroy another boat, it drops barrels, and those barrels are like money. So 
you're really encouraged to upgrade your current ship or buy a new ship. And there's a, a lot of different ships that you can buy, seven or eight of them. What I ended up doing is I found one level where I could really tear them up uh, pretty good and get a lot of money and uh, consistently beat that level. <laughs> so what I did was I just went in there and just racked up a whole bunch of kills made a whole bunch of money by destroying those other ships and bought the HMS Victory, which is the best ship. And uh, then I upgraded it. Each ship starts with like one star and you can upgrade it to four stars. You can upgrade your cannon, uh, your defense. In other words, you know, the wood on your ship and the sails. So you can shoot farther, shoot more, shoot more powerful, go faster, uh, a lot more defense, that sort of thing. It's kind of strategy. Um, you know what's really fun about this game is simply sitting down and playing it. It's very smooth, great animation. Uh, it's kind of addicting. You want to upgrade just a little bit more before I put this game down. I I, I just want to make enough money to buy that next ship. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I like the fact that I can go to any level at any time that I want to. Most of the levels you're by yourself and you have to defeat waves of ships like the first wave might be only two ships the next wave might be five ships but four of them are kind of wimpy ships but there's one big one in there that you got to beat um it's really you have to get the right angle uh you got a ship right on your tail so you're trying to turn just enough so you can broadside him with your cannons and get out of there before he shoots back it's just a lot of fun and it's well well worth the current price of 199 so check that out that's Warship HD. The next one is called Zillow.com. Now, Zillow.com is not a game. <laughs> it's actually an app to help you find uh, real estate. Now, I like looking at houses and seeing how much they cost, and I just kind of dig that. Uh, especially I want to find out, say, around me. What houses around me are really, uh, how much they're worth, how much they're going for, now, with Zillow, now this is iPad and iPhone. I do know that there's an iPhone version of this, and it works for me a lot better on the iPhone in that if I'm out somewhere and I want to know exactly how much this house is that I'm sitting in front of, uh, I can bring up Zillow.com's app, uh, hit the current location, and boom, there it is. It'll show me pictures, how much it costs. But it's also got a map feature so you can zoom way out and look for the neighborhoods you know you want a house in and then kind of pinch and zoom into that neighborhood. It works best, though, for pictures and detail on the iPad. That's where I kind of like the iPad version, but the iPhone version is better simply because you need an Internet connection for this to really work. Uh, if If you're not connected to the Internet... It's not going to help you. My iPad, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, Wi-Fi only. So, yeah, you know, it, it, the reason I got that Wi-Fi only is because I don't have 3G coverage in my area, and I think an iPad on the Edge network would be kind of counterintuitive. But it's a free app uh, for both the iPhone and the iPad, Check it out. Uh, If you're interested in real estate at all, it's really a cool app to have. Maybe there's other real estate apps that are better than this. If there are, please let me know, uh, and I'll check those out as well and talk about them here on the show. This one doesn't seem to have any kind of favors as far as, you know, it follows these realtors or anything like that. Um, It's everything that, that I've seen for sale. Every house I've gone by that I've used this app, 
on, it's worked. So it seems to work real well for me. The next one, again, not a game, and this is another free one. And it's a program that I use all the time on my Macs, and I'm using it on my iPhone and my iPad as well. And it's called Evernote. It's a productivity software. It allows you to take, uh, well, what I use it for mostly is my most important information that I'm going to need in multiple locations or notes that I need to annotate anywhere I'm at or add to or subtract, that sort of thing. You could use it, say, put it on your iPhone or your iPad, and you can use it as a shopping list. Uh, you can even do a, a checklist type of thing. So it's you always have this list. You know, I'm always going to get milk and and orange juice and eggs and and bread and that sort of thing. So you have a checklist that you can just check off when you get that item at the store and that list is always with you. And, of course, because Evernote works on your Mac as well, you can have the, exactly the same notes on your Mac. It will sync. That's really handy. But what I use it for mostly um, is for my most important information. For instance, I, I switched studios recently, and I got uh, new information on the network and all that. Rather than try to keep track of it, I just took a screenshot of the picture on my desktop that I needed to know, what. okay, this is how it's configured right now. I don't want to write all this stuff down. I literally took a screenshot of that and put that screenshot in Evernote. So now it's on every computer. Anything happens, boom, I've got that information. I also use it for the show notes. As I'm recording the shows, OWC Radio, I've got Evernote open, and each show note has its own page. So I've got OWC 37 open right now, and I've got, you know, the contact information for the show. Uh, I've got um, spare, sparse show notes, what I'm going to talk about with links. And so I know what the next app I'm going to talk about is. Uh, I've got a link to the iTunes link. So when I'm putting the show notes together for the website, I've already got those links in Evernote. I don't have to go hunt them down again. Evernote is fantastic. They got this new thing called Trunk. And Trunk is uh, different companies that's also using Evernote and sharing information. So you can literally subscribe to a trunk from somebody else. And their notes will go into your Evernote. And it works great. Uh, I subscribe to guys called uh, Ron. It's Ron's Evernote Tips. And he gives you tips and tricks on how to use Evernote. And it's fantastic. Now, they're separate from your notes, so they're not all bled together. You can see them all bled together but I can go directly to the notebooks that I want to look at. So mine, most of the time, defaults to my notebooks. But right underneath mine, I can also see Ron's Evernote tip. So if I click that, and I can read his notes, it works great. So that's Evernote. It is free. If you're not using Evernote, you really might want to consider it because I love it. I think you will too. So now I'll bring Evernote to the front here on my Mac. <clears throat> and again, it's free on the Mac and the PC. I believe there's a pro version you can get that costs money, but quite honestly, I've never found the need to have it. Uh, the next one is ABC News. It's an app for your iPad. And this is kind of unique. Now, they also have the same thing in the iPhone, maybe? I don't know. The, the one I'm talking about, like everything else, is for the iPad. Now, what this is is just basically a, a links to the stories on ABC's website, except it presents it in a very unique way. There's basically this big globe, and on the globe are pictures. And as you rotate the picture or the globe 
the pitchers come into focus. You can rotate up, down, left, right, doesn't matter. Uh, there is some duplication, so you know you might see the same pitcher farther up the globe than where you are, uh, and that just depends on how many stories they're linking to. But as you kind of spin this globe around, if you see a headline or a picture that catches your eye, you click it. It gives you a preview, and if you want to read it, you can click read, and your whole iPad turns into basically a reader for that content. It works really well. I'm, I don't want to say a junkie, but I really like the news. I'm kind of a news junkie. Um, uh, every day I'm checking multiple websites for news, just at the very least skimming the headlines to see if anything's jumping out at me. And uh, this is one of the ones that I like to check. Uh, it's a free app. That's always a good thing. It came out in July, so it's fairly new. It's only like six megabytes, so it takes almost no room on your computer or on your iPad. See what I did there? I just called the iPad a computer. I think you're going to see that more and more as time goes on, at least for me. It is a computer, let's be honest. But ABC News, it's free. It works really well. I like it. I think you'll like it if you're a news junkie like I am. But sometimes, I, you know, I don't want to look at the news. Sometimes I want to do something fun with my iPad. And if I'm not in the mood to play Warship, another game I'm really enjoying right now, and it just really came out within the last two weeks, is uh, a game. It's the most expensive thing I'm going to talk about today, too. It's $4.99, so 5 bucks. It's called Sprice. Or I'm sorry, Sprice. <laughs> I just combined two words. Uh, it's called <laughs> Spider. Bryce Manor HD. Now, it, it sounds like it's going to be a very simple game, but really the strength of this game is uh, twofold. A, how smooth that you could control the spider, how, how easy it is to move from one place to another and spin webs. And also, the graphics themselves are just fantastic. It's, it, it's a really a beautiful game. Now, this was a beautiful game for the iPhone as well. But this game is really, really designed for the iPad. I know a lot of people gave this a lot of attention in the iPhone days, but, man, the the iPad version is so much better. It's bigger. It's more smooth. The graphics really do pop out. Now, in the game, you're a spider, and you go through different levels, and on each level, there's a certain number of bugs that you have to catch and eat, just like a real spider. To control the spider, you just um, he'll walk over pretty much any surface. You just kind of touch the screen on one direction, he'll walk that way, touch it the other, and he'll turn around and go back the other way. If you flick your uh, finger on the screen, he'll jump whichever way you want him to. To create a web, you kind of have to make a little triangle. So you find a spot, uh, click that spot wherever he's standing. He anchors a line of his web. And you flick him across the screen wherever you want him to land, and he'll spin a web. You do that a couple times to make a triangle, and the little flying bugs will get caught in there, and then you maneuver your spider on the spider web to eat the bug. To explain it takes a lot longer than simply to go up to YouTube and watch a video of this. Um, And trust me, even that's not going to do it justice. When you see it on your beautiful iPad screen, and again, you could do it on your iPhone as well, um... And you see the the fluid motion. Uh, It feels very intuitive. It really does move like a spider, too. Um, My youngest son likes it, but he won't touch my iPad screen when this game is running because it's a spider. He doesn't like spiders. And uh, it's just really, really a cool game. 
You do need to check it out. I wish there was a free version that I could recommend to try first. There's not. But if um, my opinion matters at all, you will buy it. It's well worth the five bucks. It's a different kind of game. It's not, yes, you're eating bugs, but it's it's not violent. Um, the sound effects are great. Uh, the, the music that it plays. The pictures are just beautiful. Uh, I don't know who's responsible for the artwork in this game, but... It really is a, a triple A type of graphics for a game. Uh, this is what gaming on the iPad and the iPhone should be about. And uh, I'm happy to recommend Spider Bryce Manor HD, $4.99. Next one. <clears throat> this is something that I talked about last week with Steve Sandy. Uh, and I think I might have talked about it the week before, but I finally got. Uh, around to downloading and getting an activation thing for Flipboard. Flipboard, it's kind of a magazine for your Twitter and Facebook feeds. It displays the content from your Twitter. Say say you subscribe to uh, or you follow a bunch of people on Twitter. If someone posts a link in Twitter for a story... In Flipboard, you will see not that person's tweet about that story, but the actual story itself. It looks beautiful. The, the best way to experience Flipboard, and it's free, so you're not going to lose anything, go up to iTunes and just look at some of the screen snapshots, and even that doesn't do it justice. And I've used, I've said that a few times now, but sometimes just the picture doesn't do it justice. You have to go and just try it for yourself. And let's be honest, free is free, right? Now, they're almost a uh, a product of their own success. Their own a product of their own success. That didn't make any sense, did it? They're almost a, a victim, I should say, of their own success. It's taking them, on average, uh, twenty four to seventy two hours to activate your account after you download and uh, and signed up for the Flipboard. Don't be discouraged by that. Um, do it anyways because it really is fantastic. It, it presents the content that you're already interested in, your friends and your, uh, you know, on Facebook and the people that you're following on Twitter. And it's presenting that content in a totally different and unique way. And it's really, really worth downloading. Now, I've, I've already read some stories on there that I, there's no way I would have clicked a link in Twitter to follow the story because um, well, I'm lazy. So with Flipboard, it's actually presenting it. You know, it's giving me the pictures from the article. And and uh, if you really like what you see, it's not the whole story. You can click the button and it will bring up a page with the entire story. It, it just works. It's, the animation is great flipping the pages. The presentation is first rate. Uh, it feels like the next generation RSS reader. That's really what it feels like to me. So it's free. Go check it out. The Guardian Eyewitness is another free app. It's not a news reader per se. It gives you kind of the, the picture of the day, if you will, uh, from the Guardian website. And they seem to pick the most breathtaking or spectacular photos that you could imagine. And it's amazing. Now, what I like to do, I don't, I don't look at this app every single day. 
what I tend to do is wait two or three weeks, and then I've got a, w- a week or two or three worth of photos to flip through and look at. Now, you can just see the picture if you want, or if you tap it, you will see uh, the caption that goes along with that photo. And uh, you can get pro photography tips through it. It's really an amazing piece of software. And the more I have people look at the Guardian Eyewitness, the more people think, I I need to get an iPad (laughs) because it's just amazing. Uh, The pictures, some of them are heartbreaking, and they don't pull any punches. You know, you might see uh, a picture of a, a devastated city after an earthquake. Or you might see a picture of a big panda bear or a sea lion. It's kind of, you never know what you're going to get. And that's what I like. Now, if you really like the picture, you can actually add it as a favorite so you can always see it. You can forward that picture through email. Um, I've done that a few times. Uh, There's a lot of things that you can do. It's a fantastic photography lover's app. Uh, I'm not a photographer, but I love looking at good photography And this app shows me some fantastic photography. So that's free, the Guardian Eyewitness. And again, I'm going to have links to all of these apps directly to the iTunes Store listing on owcradio.com, show 37. So just look for the links, and I'll have links to all these. Got two more to go. No, I'm sorry, three more to go. The next one is free, but you have to have a subscription, and that's Netflix. You don't really need me to explain to you what Netflix is, do you? I don't think you do. I'll just say that what's really cool about this app is if you start watching, and then, of course, this is for streaming content only. Let's say you're at your computer and you're watching a a program, and you don't finish watching it, so you, you quit, you go home, you go to your grandmother's house, you go to your whatever, and you want to continue watching it later. So you break out the iPad, and it will pick up right where you left off. That's brilliant. And it works the other way, too, by the way. If, say, you're in one room in the house and you're watching it on your iPad, then you go over to your 27-inch iMac and you want to continue watching it there on a much bigger screen, it'll pick up right where you left off. I love that feature. Uh, I have the cheapest, I think it's $7.99 a month, Netflix account. Uh, that only they'll only send you one DVD at a time that way. But to be honest, I don't care about the DVDs. I'm more interested in the streaming content, and then only because I can watch it on multiple devices. Now I know that that they have. I think it was at the the uh, iPhone event a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. I'm starting to blur together after a while. Uh, they came out and said they're going to have an iPhone version of the Netflix viewer. So to me, that's going to just complete it. I'm going to have it on the computer. I'm going to have it on my iPad, and I'm going to have it on my iPhone. That's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, it's worth the $7.99 most of the time for me. There's a couple months that I don't watch anything. I'm just extremely busy. And it's those months that I think, you know, why am I spending 8 bucks a month and I'm not even using it? But then a couple months later, I'm, you know, watching three or four movies or TV shows, and, okay, now it's paid for itself. So if, if you like watching a lot of content, Netflix is a good option for you. I'm having a hard time talking on this episode because my it's so dry today. Um, 
I don't know if it's the weather or there's some allergy thing that's bothering me, but <sighs> just having a hard time breathing today. I feel very congested, and yet I'm not congested, if that makes any sense at all. So the next thing is a, is a game. Now, this is a game that came out originally for the iPhone. It was one of the first games that were out there, to be honest. Uh, it's called Gangstar West Coast Hustle HD. It's on sale right now for $7.99, although I think the regular price is like 4 or 5 6 bucks, something like that. But right now it's $0.99, cents, so if you're at all interested, jump on it right now at $0.99. Cent. If you like Grand Theft Auto, you're probably going to like uh, Gangstar West Coast Hustle. Um, it's not a polished game compared to GTA. It's very, very cheesy. Um, it, it doesn't have any kind of an endearing quality to it that I've always enjoyed with the GTA games. The city itself is fairly large, but it seems very sparsely populated, almost like uh, I would say 95% of the population of the city is missing. <laughs> so you don't have a whole lot of people out there. Um, it, it, like I said, it's a little cheesy. Uh, the graphics are a little very early PS2-ish, if that makes sense to you. If you're a gamer, you'll understand exactly what I mean. But I still like the game. It's fun. Uh, I like getting in cars, driving around. I like listening to my own music while I'm doing that because it does support listening to your own playlists. So if I'm in one car and I'm listening to music and I it's my own playlist and I jump out of that car, and five minutes later I get into another car, the song that I ended that I was listening to before picks up right where I left off my own music and continues playing. I like that a lot. That was pretty cool. My only gripe with the game was that the iPhone was simply too small. My thumbs were covering up too much of the screen to really enjoy the game. Well, guess what? On the iPad, you got it. It's completely cured that problem. It's still a little flaky though. Uh, it seems like they didn't really put too much, um, shine on the game. They didn't really give it enough oomph to take advantage of the iPad. They, To me, it looks like they took the iPhone version and did just enough to get it running decently on the iPad. But still, for $0.99, cent, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, very violent, so if you're opposed to uh, violent video games, this is not the game for you. Um, controlling the cars are, are pretty easy. I use the stick method. You can use a steering wheel or you could tilt your iPad, um, or it gives you kind of these two virtual sticks. One goes up and down for acceleration. One goes left and right for steering. I like the sticks. It seems to work better that way. But again, seven or uh, ninety-nine cent. Go check it out. Now the last one. There's not really a lot to say about this, but what happened was I needed a calculator, and uh, I was just too lazy to get up and go get one. And I thought. Well, the iPad has one, right? The iPhone does. Well, no. Apple did not include a calculator on the iPad. So I did a quick apps, uh, app store search for calculator, and I found just a ton of them for the iPad. But almost all of them were either $0.99 cents or $1.99 or $2.99. And I didn't want to spend any money for a calculator. I mean, I've got one free on my iPad. At that point, forget it. I'll just go grab my, I, or my iPhone. Um, but then I found calculator XL. And it was free. What can you say? It's a calculator. It's a it's a big freaking calculator on your iPad. I like it. Works great. I can do multiplication and 
you know, I don't need to explain what a calculator does. Come on. We've all used them. And uh, I don't know why Apple didn't include one on the iPad. It seems kind of silly to me. But they didn't. And uh, Calculator XL takes care of that for me. So those are the 10 iPad apps that I'll pretty much, uh, with maybe the possible exception of Gangstar, I, I'll play it some more, but I'll probably end up deleting it um, because it doesn't have a whole lot of replay value, whereas stuff like Spider has a lot of replay, replay value and, and Worship. They're, those are much better games. Um, but I... I'm kind of uh, old school, so I, I like the gangstar driving cars around in, in a city type of setting. That's fun to me. So it's Worship HD, Zillow.com, Evernote, ABC News, Spider, Bryce Manor, HD, Flipboard, The Guardian Eyewitness, Netflix, Gangstar, and Calculator XL. Those are my picks. Send me some picks. I'd really like to check out what you guys think I should be using as far as maybe a newsreader. A better real estate app. Um, what's really cool out there on the iPad <clears throat> that I haven't tried or that you don't think I've tried and you think I really need to give it a shot? And I'm not talking about just free stuff either. I'm willing to pay money on apps if they're cool. So send me uh, send me your suggestions. I'd really appreciate it. You know, one of the things I've always liked about the Mac Pro is the expandability. And it's probably the one thing I don't like about the iMac. Now, currently, my main machine, other than this MacBook Pro, is a um, an iMac. And while it works great, it's a 23-inch, no, it's a 24-inch iMac. And it's about, I don't know, two and a half years old at this point. And while I like that iMac just fine, um, I don't like that I can't really expand it. Yes, I can put more memory in it, but that's pretty much it. And if I really want to get uh, ambitious, I could switch out the hard drive. But in that particular model, it's not an easy proposition. And honestly, right now, I think that hard drive, I don't want to say it's failing yet, but I've got a sinking suspicion that it's, it's starting to act a little weird. And I've got a sinking suspicion that it's going to die on me soon. And so with the Mac Pro... What I've done in the past when I had a, uh, a Power Mac G5, I actually had two internal hard drives, and they both had uh, the Mac OS on it. I had one that I used pretty much every day, and then I had another one that was in there that I would boot up to and, uh, you know, to update any recent software and that sort of thing and then copy over all the files that I was using on the main hard drive to the secondary hard drive. That way, basically, if one hard drive failed, boom, I'm fine. I've got the other hard drive. I could still I could boot up from that. I could run repair and all that and copy files from the hard drive that's going bad over to the good hard drive and then eventually pull the bad one out and stick another one in. That's what I liked about the, the desktop pro machines. And so I was thinking about my next purchase here within probably the next couple months uh, should I replace my current iMac with a Mac Pro so I would have that expandability? Then Apple comes out with the new 27-inch iMac with the i5 chips in them. And one of the options from Apple is to install an SSD drive. Now, while that kind of helps me, uh, it, it really doesn't. And let me tell you why. Number one, the SSD drives that Apple 
has uh, that they're putting in there, they're not the best SSD drives you can get. Now, I don't say that because this is the OWC podcast. I'm saying that because uh, I've seen with my own eyes and I've uh, read all the tests and I've read the reviews. The OWC Mercury is a <laughs> is a much better. So I, I'd want to put the OWC Mercury Extreme Pro SSD in it. But, of course, you can't do that from Apple. But if you don't order the SSD from Apple, you don't get the bracket in the 27-inch iMac. They don't put it in there by default. So you can't put a third-party SSD card or SSD drive in it. That's kind of a problem. But, of course, Otherworld Computing has the solution. And this is really fantastic there's a lot of upgradability with the 27-inch 2010 Apple iMac. The first thing you can do, and this is all turnkey, which means you, you literally send in your computer to OWC, and they will perform these upgrades for you and send it back with a fabulous warranty uh, for one year, or you can get a three-year warranty as well. But here are the different options that you can do with, this is amazing, with the 27-inch iMac. Uh, the first one is you can add an external serial ATA port. That's right, an external. It will go on the bottom of the iMac. you got to see the pictures to, to really appreciate the craftsmanship that went into this. It's amazing. So to send it in and have your iMac um, shipped back to you and you've got an external SATA port, 169 which is a good price. Now, these prices are, of course, subject to change. Anything could happen between now and then. But, uh, you know, right now, it, that's a good price, 169 However, while I would like an eSATA port, there's other options that you can do. I'm more interested in getting internal hard drives in the iMac. So you can update your current hard drive, which is a three and a half inch drive inside there, you can get, you know, a one terabyte, two terabyte, or you can go with an SSD. Now, if you really wanted to have a, a screaming machine, you can do the two terabyte, 7,200 RPM with 64 megabytes of cache Barracuda drive. That comes with a five-year Seagate warranty, by the way. That's uh, 250 bucks. Now, that's pretty cool. Now, you can also upgrade it to, uh, you know, the, the 480 gigabyte uh, Mercury Extreme Pro SSDs. Um, there's a lot of different options you could do with the main bay hard drive. However, if you don't go with the external SATA port, they can actually put a secondary drive. That's right, a second hard drive in the 27-inch iMac. Uh, and it has to be an SSD for size and heat reasons. But you can add a 60 gig OWC Mercury Extreme Pro SSD for 160 bucks. That's an awesome deal. That is, you will get your Mac back, and for an extra 160 bucks, it will have an SSD. Now, what's really cool about that is you put your operating system on that, and your machine will scream. Then you use the other hard drive, the internal. You can either use the original that it came with, or you can upgrade it to a, a more larger, faster hard drive from OWC, and they'll update it at the same time. And that's where you keep all your files. That's pretty amazing. But here's something even cooler, I think. 
you can have three internal hard drives. That's right, three internal hard drives in your 27-inch iMac. Because what they'll do is they'll also, they can also replace the super drive, you know, the optical drive. They can replace that with another SSD. So you can literally have in one iMac a hundred, let's say you want to be conservative on how much you want to spend. So you get a 60 gigabyte internal SSD. You get another one, say, I don't know, a 120 gigabyte SSD and a two terabyte 7200 RPM hard drive, the big ones, the three and a half inch. You can have all three of those in your iMac. That's a lot of horsepower. Of course, one of the most important things you can do with your iMac is upgrade the RAM. And the turnkey solution, you can also uh, choose to have us upgrade your, your memory. You can, ex- you can install 16 gigabytes of RAM in your hard drive or in your iMac for 540 bucks. So you're, that's a huge savings over Apple's price. It's, it's not even close. I'm going to put a link in to the OWC turnkey upgrade program for the 2010 Apple iMac, 27-inch, and just go through this list. And OWC, I think, is turning this iMac into a much more capable and powerful machine than Apple hopes to do with it. I mean, this is – it's amazing. Uh, the prices are very reasonable. Uh, the warranty is fantastic. You could check all that information out on our website, but I'm going to put it in the show notes. So if you go to owcradio.com, look for show number 37, and look for the link that says 2010 Apple iMac 27-inch OWC Turnkey Upgrade Program. Um, and just go through these. It's really amazing. Now, some things are back-ordered uh, because they've been extremely popular, like the 480-gigabyte OWC Mercury Extreme Pro SSD. That's been uh, – it's back-ordered. <laughs> so the earliest right now we can get that to you would be the 15th of this month because it's just – it's real popular. What, what, what can I say? Memory update, upgrades. Um, you know, and if you're going to pull out the – old hard drive, let's say you want to replace the the existing hard drive, you might as well get a case for it and use that hard drive as an external. You could do that too. And uh, we show you real good options for doing just that. Uh, $79 will get you a newer tech Voyager Q serial ATA docking solution. That's what I use. I I love the Voyager. But anyways, that's... I can't express how cool this is. Just go up to the website and look at the upgrade options. This is what Apple, this is what a lot of people, I should say, have wanted Apple to offer for a long time with the iMacs. The ability to have multiple hard drives inside of an iMac. I mean, the iMacs are pretty thin. To be able to stick up to three hard drives in there is just amazing. Now, I, quite honestly, if I did this, I don't think I would go with three myself. I think two is enough. Uh, I think I would go with the Mercury Extreme SSD as my boot drive. I think I'd probably go with a 120 gigabyte there. That's 300 bucks. Um, it's adding 300 bucks onto the turnkey, I should say. 
Um, but I'd probably go with the 120 gig, and that's what I would use as my boot drive, my Mac OS, and all the user accounts would be there. Uh, I'd put most of my applications on that drive. But my actual working files and my media, i.e. my MP3s that I use in iTunes, my movie files, all that, I think that I would put a 2 terabyte 7200 RPM drive, uh, probably the Barracuda with the five-year warranty, um, 250 bucks add-on. At that point, this machine is going to boot and run so fast, and it'll have so much storage in it. It's just amazing. Um, and then when they pulled that old hard drive out, I would simply use that old hard drive as a portable drive with my Voyager. So it's a great time to consider getting an iMac. If you're on a Mac Mini and you want something more powerful, but yet you've always been hesitant on the iMac because of the upgradability, OWC Turnkey Upgrade Program is what you want to look at. So uh, make sure you check it out at MacSales.com. I'll be back in one week or less with, uh, I don't know, we'll see if we can get a guest in here. I've had a couple guests the last couple shows, so I thought I'd do one by myself this week. But we'll see what we can do. Um, I know Michael Mann's going to be back on the show soon. That'll be fun to talk to him. I've got some other guests that um, we haven't locked in a date yet, so I don't want to announce that. One really... uh, if we could settle on a date, I, I can't wait to announce that this person's going to be on the show. But until that time, I, I don't want to say anything publicly. Again, we're looking for feedback. It's podcast at maxsales.com. Let me know what either iPhone or iPad programs you think that I should be talking about and sharing with people or using myself. I'd really, really like that. Um, I'm always looking for cool stuff on the iPad and the iPhone. And, you know, to be quite honest, there's I haven't found a great website yet that really steers me in the right direction each and every time. I, I, I find stuff that's just focusing on, you know, iPad and iPhone games, but it, I'm not interested in just games. And then the rest of it is usually Mac sites that do reviews on the productivity software and the newsreaders and that sort of thing. But there's no one website that I've found so far that it's all things iOS. If there is out there that I'm not aware of, Uh, If there's a website out there that you're visiting to get this kind of information, let me know. I'd really appreciate it. So I will see you in a week. Uh, Send those recommendations in, podcast at maxsales.com, and check the website, www.owcradio.com. See ya.